Hey, chiropractors, we're ready for another modern chiropractic marketing show with Dr. Kevin Christie, where we discuss the latest in marketing strategies, content marketing, direct response marketing, and business development with some of the leading experts in the industry. Hey, docs, welcome to another episode of the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show. This is your host, Dr. Kevin Christie, and today I'm with Cassie Holm, and we're going to discuss everything chiropractic assistant or CA, and, and we're going to dive into everything from um, onboarding and hiring and training to uh, why you should have one, different ways of looking at it. Do you need one? And, and we just um, really get into a lot of good information about it. And the more that I you know, coach chiropractors, talk to chiropractors, I'm finding that the sweet spot of a, of a kind of a minimal viable team that's going to see pretty good numbers of patients and stuff is a, a really great front desk person, a really strong CA, and then obviously the doctor. And I think if you have that team of three and then you grow from there, it really frees you up. And we talk about that and, and how the doctor um, should be in most settings um, doing the things that maximize their license. And I uh, first heard that with Josh Satterley and, and his clinic gym hybrid model. And, and so we touch on that a little bit. And, and I know there's a lot of different circumstances out there. I, I get it. There's finances involved. There's all kinds of things that can make it difficult. But the more and more that I talk to chiropractors that are really providing great care and being able to see the volume to bring in a, a healthy profit and um, have a thriving practice. It's, it's a great front desk. It's a great CA and it's the doctor. And then from there you add and uh, plug in, you know, maybe, maybe you got a great preceptor program and, and you don't have a CA and, but the preceptor is doing a lot of things that a CA potentially would do in the sense of, you know, past modalities and exercise and histories and consultations and subjective notes and all the things out there. So you can kind of interchange it too if you have a very well-developed preceptor program. But um, for the sake of argument, we, we talk about the CA in here and, and it's just great information. Uh, and I think you need to start looking at how you can do that, right? And how can you produce enough revenue and then therefore profits to have a thriving practice to where you can keep on hiring and focusing more on your unique abilities, right? That's always the key to this is not doing the things that you should be doing. Like if you're checking out patients because you don't have a front desk person, then you're doing $20 an hour tasks and that's not the best use of your time. And if you had more time, you would be able to do the things that would bring in more patients and then be able to see those patients. And so that's the ultimately the what we're we're aiming for okay and so you know but but before we dive into um to this episode with with cassie and you know uh she she helped build a practice with her husband jason you know they got to practice together and she's not a, a licensed dc she's uh, more of the ca and office manager of that practice or anything but it's amazing what they do there and how they fit the cas to the different types of practices they deal with and so um, it's going to be uh, something I want you to really consider or look into and even just go through the exercise of what it looks like financially, right? Because that's always the the big elephant in the room, right? The finances of things, which transitions nicely into my next topic here is uh, coming up very soon, November 20th and 21st, we do have the CSA Money Matters Virtual Summit. And you can sign up for that at 
bit.ly slash forward slash, right? CSA money matters. So bit.ly forward slash CSA money matters. And you can check that out. That's November 20th and 21st. It's free to sign up and watch during the two days. But if you want lifetime access to all of these presentations, there is a very small uh, upgrade option for you. So check that out. All right. So here is my episode with Cassie Holm. All right. Welcome to the show, Cassie. I really appreciate your time today. Um, before we dive into everything CA, chiropractic assistant, let's uh, talk about yourself a little bit, personally, professionally, give us a little bit of background information and we'll go from there. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, Kevin. Mm -hmm. My name is Cassie Holm. I am a CA for a practice in Nashville, Tennessee called Active Spine and Joint Center. It's um, a clinic that I run with my husband, Dr. Jason Holm. Um, what we love to do in our clinic is be really hands-on with the patients, um, get them in, uh, get them out of pain, get them moving. Um, the name of our practice is Active Spine and Joint Center because that ultimately is the goal is we want to get that patient back to or start out an active lifestyle so that they can keep their body in one piece for as long as we possibly can. Perfect. Now, and, and you obviously... Um, you and Jason have done a lot to build that practice. Uh, I've had been, you know, luxury of having drinks with him before, and he always gives you a ton of credit for making the whole thing work. And so it's, it's quite a team effort. And a big part of that is the chiropractic assistant role. I know one of the things that I keep on noticing as I'm coaching chiropractors, talking to chiropractors that I speak and is there's a lack of support system for a lot of chiropractors. I know that a lot go kind of lone wolf and they do it for a long time and they, uh, they don't get out of that rut. And, and I'm trying to um, really get chiropractors to understand how important it is. But before we, we dive into the importance of it, can you kind of just define what a CA is, a chiropractic assistant? Because I know it can be a lot, maybe a lot of different things, but uh, define that for us. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, chiropractic assistant is a really, it's a terrible name, I think, because really you are the jack of all trades. You are literally everything your doctor cannot be mm -hmm. um, at all times. And you are literally juggling every hat at any moment. Um, in our practice, it probably looks a little bit different than in any, you know, the practice right down the street from us. Um, but very quickly, early on, we learned that, you know, my providers are good at one thing and they are really great at, uh, identifying the patient personalities, understanding what's wrong with them and creating a plan to get them better quickly and everything else I want to take away and take off their plate because they're so good at those things. And I can't do those things for them, but what I can do is manage everything else. So I say, Hey, this is what you're good at. This is what you need to go run and be successful successful with. And then we kind of build our team around that. So, you know, looking at, uh, it's, it's kind of the same way we approach patient care therapy. So doctors will probably understand this is understanding where are we now, where are we going and what do we need to get there? And I think a part of that is understanding the team and what you need them to do to say, Hey, what people do we have on staff right now? What are their unique abilities? What are we lacking? Then use that as your, um, you know, your job profile and, uh, to, you know, find that next piece of the puzzle and go from there. 
Um, and I think it's just something that we're all always developing, you know, somebody leaves, somebody on boards, we always look for something better each time we go. Yeah, I'm glad I like how you defined it. And because and you, you did it from a perspective that let's not say a CA is this, and then we got to put that onto every practice, it's the same thing. It's like, let's first assess what the doctor and the clinic needs. And then we can have a CA and base it off those needs. And I think that's a big part of it because, you know, you will see some practices that are rehab heavy and you may need like a rehab CA or someone that can do multiple things, but needs some kind of exercise background, or maybe it's not. And you need someone that's more passive modalities or, or, or whatever it may be. But a key ingredient that you talked about is in your practice, it sounds like your doctors are able to maximize their license, right? So you don't want right. them doing, you don't want them doing things that's not maximizing the license because it's not the best use of their time, right? Well, yes. And in, in, in medical and healthcare, if you're not billing a service, it's not a business and it's not generating revenue. And I, you know, you like to, we, we try and stay so far away from the business element of practice because it's just too humbling. And we don't want to, we do it because we love it and we don't want to make money, but we kind of forget that like the business needs money to keep rolling. And as much as you just like, I want to pay my CAs and staff, like a million dollars. Like if I could do it, I absolutely would in a heartbeat. We know that's not realistic. So we do what we can. And part of what I can do, if it's not monetary, it's job fulfillment. Like how happy are you doing what you're doing? Do you enjoy what it is you're doing? And if not, can I take that away? Can I automate that? Or do I need to onboard somebody who loves to do the thing that you don't love to do? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, you touched on a couple of things near and dear to my heart where, you know, we're having this uh, CSA Money Matters virtual summit. And we're we're going to dive into a lot of like 17 or 18 different topics around money, because for a lot of evidence-informed chiropractors, it's kind of a dirty word. But the reality of it is, is it's uh, something that you have to take into consideration. And even, you know, it has a part in the patient outcomes in a lot of ways. And you know, I, one of the topics I wanted to make sure we had in this uh, Money Matters Summit was profit margin, because revenue is one thing, but you need a margin between that's that's healthy enough to pay staff and support staff that will then improve the patient experience, which will then help improve the outcomes. If if you don't have that, it can be a lot more challenging. And so, but it takes money to, to do those things. And so I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. You know, it's just, it's just a reality, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And obviously it's trickier now because reimbursement is going down, but there's a lot of ways where if you actually maximize your license as a chiropractor and you're only doing things like exam, obviously manipulation, that's the only thing the, that's the DC can only do that. Uh, right. probably, probably some soft tissue and then maybe prescribing the exercises, but not sitting there doing it for 20 minutes with the patient. That's how you can maximize your license, have other people do the other things. And then you can actually see more people, but still they're getting high quality of care. One of the mistakes chiropractors, especially rehab based chiropractors make is they think that the time they spend with the patient is where the, the, like where the results is. They think it's a time-based economy. It's really a results-based economy. Like we're just getting results. And they think that they have to do everything or, 
if they're not spending X amount of time, they're not getting the results. And that's just not the case, right? Yeah, absolutely. I see a lot of providers is they're scared to give that task away because they feel like they're the only people that understand what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And I, I just love to point out how, how absolutely wrong I think that is. Um, the first time I had an employee studying like the SMA on their own at home, like it, it just, it kind of blew my mind mm -hmm. that they wanted to learn. And I realized that when you find somebody who wants it and they can identify that they want to help in that aspect, mm. I want to cultivate and I want to grow it. And I want to say, okay, well, if you love being hands-on and you love rehab, how can I make you do way more rehab and way less paperwork shuffling? You know, we get the insurance stuff is important, mm -hmm. but holy moly, can I give you rehab and you unload my doc so that he can do more of those things that only he can do. Like you mentioned exams, manipulation, um, and in Tennessee, our scope is really, really broad. And we are so thankful for that. Not every state has the ability to use a CA yeah. that we do, which is really unfortunate. Um, but I would definitely recommend look at your, your state rules and regulations, see how far you can go. And if you can't go very far, then maybe we need to consider making some change. And, you know, you can reach out to the federation the, that oversees the federal side of it and see if they know some people in your state that can help move those things. But if they don't know you want to do those things, you're never going to get it. I'm glad you brought that up. I was actually just on a coaching call with a client that's in a state where they can't bill in that network insurance if the CA is doing the, anything, essentially. <laughs> so, right. you know, there are some states where it's tricky. So when we have topics like this, uh, it's hard to have uh, 50 different uh, conversations about 50 different states. So uh, revert to your state associations if you need to and, and figure that yes. out. Uh, because I am going to ask a question on the things that I guess what I'll do is I, I do want to ask a question about what CAs can do. And so obviously you just preface it with, well, it's, you know, a trick question because what state are you in? So yeah. I'll ask it in a way that will at least get them thinking about it. Right. But before I ask that question, one of the things I want to make sure I'm telling my, my audience that's listening is that, you know, your, some of the, the mistakes people think is that with this profit margin thing and, and volume is that they can't see more people just be, because there's not enough time and, and that like they have this inverse relationship. Well, the more people I see, the less my quality of care is going to be. Right. And so they think that uh, it's just, it's one or the other. I'm either going to see a little bit of people and have great quality of care. Or I'm going to see a ton of people and I'm going to have cra crappy quality of care. And and we're here to tell you that's not the case because it's around having a support system and that as you see more people because you're maximizing your license, you're able to see more people, but that patient is still getting a great experience because of the team effort around it that you can now afford to invest in. So I wanted to just get that out there and, and have chiropractors understand like this is not a uh, inverse relationship. You, you can do both and we know plenty of chiropractors are doing it. And your office is one of them. And so the way I want to ask this question for you so that you can answer it and then they can revert back to their state association. <laughs> Tell us what the CAs can do in your, in your practice. What are they doing for, for your doctors? Okay. We'll just start with like the most surprising things that they do. Um, because in Tennessee, we're super amazing and we have the ability to have a well-trained person do a whole lot of things. Mm -hmm. So 
what they can't do is they can't do an exam. They can't prescribe therapy and they can't do spinal manipulation and they can't diagnose the patient. Right. So anything outside of that realm that your DC is doing, my CA can absolutely do. This um, is things like doing a quick movement assessment prior to doc going in. Um, we use SFMA in our clinic. It's great to, to go ahead and waste our 15, 20 minutes getting the patient to go through the movement, walk through, you know, get your shoes off, sit down. Okay. Do this movement and then just give them the key movements where they're, they're failing that we really want to point out. Um, actually the CA knowing what those findings mean and knowing what's relevant or not is really important. And that's something we do in our own clinic. They do breakouts of the SFMA. We do soft tissue. We, um, do laser therapy in the clinic. We do exercise rehab, you name it. We can ice, we can heat. All right, docs, here is a new opportunity for you from Darcy Sullivan of Propel. She is our SEO specialist in helping out many chiropractors uh, with their search engine optimization and making sure Google is finding you and getting you new patients. It's amazing how many new patients chiropractors can get and are getting when they do uh, the SEO right and a few other things. And Darcy is offering a free SEO workshop just for chiropractors, and you can sign up for that at bit.ly bit.ly slash propel mcm that is bit.ly bit.ly propel mcm modern chiropractic marketing right and so check out that link and we're going to have you go over five seo secrets to owning the first page of google uh, without buying ads and darcy's going to give that free workshop one hour to really help grow your practice and start churning new patients from the ever mighty Google, which is still king in the online marketing. So check that out at bit.ly slash propel MCM for the one hour free workshop. Yeah, that's great. That's kind of how Florida is too. I think, you know, we have a, there's like a certificate you get registered CA it's not, not expensive. There's a whole other program (laughs) where I think it's certified chiropractic CA or, or such in, in Florida, which a little more extensive, I think x-rays involved in, in some of that. And, and I could be mis, misspeaking, but there's a different level for that. But uh, mm-hmm. Florida, Florida is very generous as well. Even though our insurance re- reimbursement is a joke, they at least have a very, very broad scope and our CAs can do a lot of different things. So um, yeah, I, I just think that's really a, a broad list of, of stuff they can do. And, and then it goes back to what you said before is like, what does your clinic need? I was on the phone not that long ago with a chiropractor and they really need someone that can do rehab. And I was like, okay, great. You know, let's get someone a little bit of background. That'll be their main focus, but they're not going to be doing rehab all the time. And then when they're not doing patient facing things, what else can they do? Right. So I wanted to start thinking like, what else can they do? And so can you talk to that hybrid, it's, I'm assuming your CAs have kind of a hybrid of patient facing things they do, and then maybe non more like admin stuff. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. So in our, um, clinic, we like to use a team approach for everything. So anything that somebody's going to groan and grunt to <laughs> have to do is really something that the entire team's going to have to take a little bit of piece of that. And we know that we just like to, you know, greet the patient and treat them and make them better. And they pay us and they leave. And that would be rainbows and sunshine. Mm-hmm. But the worst part of that is there's actually workflow and pre-work prior to that appointment that needs to happen to make that a successful outcome to where when the patient does walk in the door, you can stop what you're doing, look at them in the eye, greet them, know 
who they are and what you need from them prior to them walking in the door. So the second they come in and they look around like they're kind of lost, you can say, Hey, Susan, welcome to my office. Like, it's so good to see you today. I'm so glad you're here and actually mean it. Hmm. A lot of our comments, um, like Google reviews we get, it's not really about the quality of care because we're asking them to review really early in, in, in treatment, but it's like, Oh my gosh, like I loved being here. I felt Mm -hmm. so welcome. These people are also nice. And that's wonderful because deep down we are all people and we are all nice. Mm -hmm. Um, Granted, we may have a bad day or two, but we can do those things. Part of it is proper training, organizational workflows, knowing the actual clear expectation of what you're needing to do. Mm -hmm. Like if you think in my realm of just even a new patient coming in the door, I've got to verify, find a time that works for them. I need to know what insurance they have. I need to get in touch with the insurance company. That's not something that I'm super familiar with. I, mm-hmm. I want my team to have a conversation with a rep on the phone. Just in, you know, chiropractic is funny because you have to ask about specific coverage for your exam and what happens for your manipulation and what happens if we do a therapy. And I mean, Aetna is fun because if you do A and B, it's one thing. And if you do B and C, it's something else. So how do you know those questions and how do you know where somebody is in the state um, of their appointment? And, you know, every patient case is in lots of different places all at the same time. I feel like you were at the culture fest with us in Atlanta. I, I took the two doctors. It was the three of us and the scheduling Institute had a whole event called culture fest. And it was two days and it was all about building team culture. And, and it's mostly dentists. I would say 90 to 95% dentists and then some chiropractors. And there's 3000 people at this event. And they talked a lot about culture and, and a lot of the dentists brought their whole team. And some of those dentists have huge teams. Right. And I just thought to myself, it's like, you know, what do these assistants and, and such do for dental offices? It's a huge part of it to allow the dentist to focus on it. Um, and one of the things they talked about, and you just discussed it, was, um, I forget what speaker it was, but he used the phrase um, antennas up and radar on. And he wants all their employees to have antennas up and radar on and be ready for the patient to come in, greet them by the first name, smile, like all those things that you just said goes such a long way to building the culture and the practice of, of one of um, alertness and serving. And, and it, when your team culture is strong, your office culture is going to be strong. The patients are going to sense that they're going to feel better about being there. As we all know, as clinicians, it's not just our hands that are doing the job. It's also how they're feeling when they come into our practice, right? Like they're, Uh, being greeted by a bright smile on a bad day is a really good thing for someone that's in pain. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I have, um, a few years ago, I went to a culture fest in Atlanta and Mm -hmm. I took one of my CAs at the time with me Mm -hmm. and it was a, it was a fantastic experience. There was lots of funny stories that came out of it, but there was a really a lot that, um, just was feel good and just filled up our cup that we can, mm-hmm. that we could experience that together. And if, if I could have that experience again, I would probably take my whole team back yeah. because I mean, I, I still use stuff that I got out of that weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of it was related around onboarding and how we actually, um, utilize our team and, and utilize that, um, bringing in and like the, which puzzle piece do I actually need mm-hmm. going forward and, and then how to, how to, 
try and weed through all the applicants to, to find the ones that meet that mark. All right. We got a new special from Cairo specific for modern chiropractic marketing listeners. You were going to get 15% off your monthly subscription for your first year with ChiroUp. And with ChiroUp, you're going to have access to condition-specific patient reports with online and mobile access, best practices protocols for over 100 conditions with video tutorials, clinic dashboard with key practice stats and outcomes, and auto-generated MD initial and release summaries, plus much more. And uh, I think it's a great supplement to your overall content marketing strategy. And all you need to do is go check out them at bit.ly, B-I-T slash MCM, and you can get 15% off for a full year. And if you do that and you email me, kevin at moderndeskjockey.com, I will uh, throw in a 30-minute consult call with you uh, to go over how you can utilize some of this to supplement your content marketing to help grow your practice. So check that out at bit.ly, bit.ly slash MCM, as in modern chiropractic marketing. Check that out for 15% off your yearly subscription. Are you sure you don't have your own podcast? Because you just segue perfectly <laughs> into our next topic. Thank you. <laughs> um, it was My next question was going to be about the onboarding process and kind of, you know, the hiring and onboarding of a CA. Cause I know a lot of chiropractors get concerned about that process. If you could kind of briefly touch on the the hiring, like what you're looking for and then some of the onboarding and then we'll go from there. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I want to point out one of the biggest mistakes I see is using the same cookie cutter template. Every single time you need to hire somebody, Mm -hmm. um, we need this and we've always needed this. And this is just what it's always said. And that's not really true. Right. So every time we need to hire, I have to take a step back. I actually spend three or four hours going through it, Mm -hmm. um, assessing my own team where they get their feedback. Hey, what are the things that you love to do? Is there something I could take off your list that would might make your cup a little bit better? Um, and I go through each person one by one, and then we kind of put it all in, in a pool and we say, okay, this is the person I'm looking for. And applicants only apply if you meet this, but can also do these six wonderful things at the same time and, you know, balance a lot of trays. And granted, we get lots of stuff where they don't read the resume. And I throw, I like to throw in an action that they need to do instead of just click send and send me your resume. I want them to actually send me a cover letter. Tell me why this resume like speaks to you. And if we can't even follow that step, then I just already know it's not the right fit because I do on a real small level in the back of my brain, I'm always looking for the person that wants to be there Mm -hmm. because the person that wants to be there is trainable. I don't really care that they have a CA background. I don't really care that they have a background Mm -hmm. in fitness or personal training or insurance billing. I kind of prefer the blank slate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's something too. A lot of people make mistakes. They're looking for the perfect uh, like, I guess, certifications and resume and all that. And they're hiring for that instead of the person and I, I'd rather hire for the person in this role. Obviously, when you're hiring a chiropractor, they have to have certain qualifications. But when you're hiring a CA, like it doesn't, they don't need to be, you know, certified in XYZ per se. Um, you're, you're trying to hire for the person and then train, right? Right. Absolutely. Perfect. And what does the onboarding process look like for, for your clinic? 
For our clinic, once we have our job description down, we kind of go through. I actually don't do any of the phone interviewing. I let my other staff team members do it. We have a loose script that we write that we do change periodically. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there's some serious questions in there and there's some silly questions in there. One I actually got um, from this. I stole this from Culture Fest. The mm-hmm. um, CEO for Zappos was there at the time. Oh, nice. Yep. And he had said one of their favorite interview questions was to ask them what their favorite swear word was. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, in our clinic, we are from the South, but mm-hmm. there are some, some potty mouse. And oh. on the back end level, we just need to be able to be real with mm-hmm. each other, right? There's front facing and then there's, like what we're doing in the shadows, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we have conversations, there's just things that slip up. And if you're going to be salty about it when it comes up, I need to know that prior to you coming in so we can kind of change how we communicate in the clinic. Um, but the, the you know, they'll be caught off guard by that question, but then you have to follow it up with like, okay, now you just told me your, you know, favorite swear word was, you know, Apple. And now you have to use the word Apple in the next question. And then you ask them like a real softball question. Mm-hmm. They just have to use the word Apple in their response. That's awesome. I learned not that long ago that the the, the meanest thing you can say about someone is, bless his heart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in the South. Yeah. Not, yeah, not such a nice phrase. <laughs> um, that's great. That's, that's awesome. And so um, you get the right fit, you get them onboarded. How long do you feel like it typically takes a clinic to get that person from hired to fully onboarded? Re- really, you know, 90 days is, I think, a good rule of thumb for that. There are there is a lot we have to teach them. And especially if you consider that you're starting from a blank slate Mm -hmm. and you need to just start building a foundation and then go from there, give them that amount of time. Um, We've had success in the past, actually getting our hires before they even start with us to just go ahead and start the state licensing program on their Mm -hmm. own. So that they're coming in with at least a basic understanding of things that are required of them. They have their job description already. They know what their job duties are going to be, but just go ahead and start on the education thing. That's actually a really good uh, tool for me to kind of assess how in they are, because mm-hmm. if they do it and they have the book and they're already, you know, chapter whatever in, then I can kind of gauge how in they are and how, how much we can push. Perfect. Okay, good. And um, let's roll with the communication side of things. I know your practice is big on communication. What do you recommend for chiropractors with their CAs and kind of the ongoing team communication that they have? This is after the onboarding, but more of just the, you know, let's continue this communication, make sure we're all on the same page. Cause I think uh, one of the struggles I've spotlighted for chiropractors that have a team around them is continuity of care and making sure that the patient is getting consistency each visit and between providers or, you know, support staff and things of that nature. So what is your communication recommendations for, for chiropractors and CAs? That's a big can of worms. So let's talk about, (laughs) let's talk about that Mm -hmm. for daily communications. Um, patients get pre-programmed their things by whoever is kind of lead provider on their case. Um, our clinic operates uniquely in that we try and disidentify you are this doctor's patient. You're a patient of team active spine and joint center, because most likely your provider schedule is not going to mesh up well with your patient who's in therapy and your super acute case. You might want to see two or three times in a week. 
just not likely. So we want to make sure all of our team has the same basic training Mm -hmm. and we spend every week we spend about three hours as a Mm -hmm. team training. Usually it's something Mm hands-on. There's normally a, a, a game just to get everybody up and get your blood going. There's a little bit of the administrative housekeeping, but we're always doing something hands-on so that we can all work together and critique each other on what it is we're doing. It could be uh, a lower extremity motor control screen. It could be some soft tissue one day. It could be what we're doing on the laser. Could be something we've done, you know, a hundred times before, but it's Mm -hmm. great to just come together, train on that, talk about, you know, what you might be doing differently. And then providers themselves, they'll have a round table every Monday before clinics start. And they just go through every new case that came in last week. And then every patient that's still kind of in that acute phase of care, they'll talk about them so that they can all get on the same page. So when they're programming, they see them, they can already pinpoint and pick out where their conversation needs to be directed because they've come together to have that communication. But then you've also got the patient who's on maybe a treatment plan, right? So in our clinic, we use travel cards and we have our own secret like code set of what things like what therapies they actually need and what their um, visit should be like. So, you know, if, you know, we're dosing in dry needling and therapy, are we dry needling every time? Are we dry needling once a week? What does that look like? Gotcha. So it's just the, the, the nice old school travel cards that still work and yes, effective. And, yes. Yeah, no, I they wish work. they could be electronic. They just, it's nobody quite yeah. gets it right. If someone can get that technology down, it'd be great, right? <laughs> I'm um, with you. Yeah, for sure. So that's great. And I think one of the things I want to make sure we, we do discuss and, and I'll, I'll speak to it is that, you know, you've been there obviously since the beginning uh, of, of the practice, you, you two have grown a, a great practice. You have implemented all of this into a busy um, evidence-informed practice that's giving high quality of care. And the, the CA system that you developed for that practice has been very instrumental in, in growing it. And then you've branched out to serve other chiropractors in this realm. Is that correct? I We love to take some of our preceptors that we've had at the clinic and they, I like them to just reach out if they have things, because if we had had that same support structure, when we started, we would mm-hmm. be a lot further ahead than where we are now. Yeah. So I, you know, love using the information we've learned and obtained and mm-hmm. some, in some ways we've had to learn the hard way. We've had to make the mistakes. Yeah. If I can make those mistakes from, for you, and you mm-hmm. learn from my mistakes and you just do better, can we get more great Kairos out there mm-hmm. faster? Yeah. And I think you and Jason are are doing such a great job of getting that information out there and making chiropractors realize like you can do this the right way. You can, you can do well for yourself and you can serve the patient first and everything else flows from there. Uh, I know Jason will be out and I just got the email from Parker Vegas in February. He'll be speaking on the Mm -hmm. track for CAs. And uh, I was supposed to speak there, but uh, my wife is due that particular week. So I had to withdraw. So I'll miss, I'll miss out on uh, having drinks with you guys this time. around. <laughs> um, we'll be there. Yeah, for sure. It is great that you're out there getting that information to chiropractors. Um, how could our audience reach out to you if they want to work with you or have any questions regarding the CA uh, aspects? Uh, I'd love for them to have that information. So how can they reach out to you? 
Yeah, absolutely. They can reach out to me. They can just send me an email, find me on Facebook, mm-hmm. um, email Cassie at active sjc.com. Find me on Facebook. At, at Cassie home, H U L M E. That's it. There's Perfect. one. And I'll put it, uh, I'll put all that in the show notes and reach out to you and everything. And you've kind of, it's been cool to see you really spearhead this for the profession especially the evidence-informed side of the profession and, and really be a resource for chiropractors to uh, grow their practice, right? Like this is a way of doing it. There's obviously I talk a lot about marketing to grow a practice. And then there's a lot of great chiropractors out there like your husband that are talking about the <laughs> clinical side of things to grow the practice. And yes. then you're, and you're handling a lot of the operations side of it for the, which is great because I think sometimes we forget about that and it's, it's very important. Yes. Knowing what you're supposed to do, having clear expectation of what your actual workflows are supposed to be from, you know, new patient call to patient dismissal. If that's not defined in your clinic and it feels kind of blurry, everyone's just going to feel a little bit heavier. Once those things get organized and mapped out, you'll notice that the capacity of your team to do more things will grow with that. Yeah. And I think one of the byproducts of what you just said is that you avoid the staff and doctor burnout that is becoming chronic in our profession. Yes. So, all right, perfect. I really appreciate your time today. This is great information. I hope for our audience, uh, obviously we could have spoke on this for about 10 hours, but hopefully this piques your interest to realize that you can, whether you currently have CAs, you need to do a better job of training them and communicating with them, or you're looking to hire, this is there. Or if you're trying to get over the hump and even digesting the idea of not being a lone wolf anymore and you'd like to see a, hopefully this piques your interest. So thank you for your time today, Cassie. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to another episode of the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show. Before you leave, make sure you check out our website. We've got blogs and podcasts and all kinds of great info at www.modernchiropracticmarketing.com. We also have a closed Facebook group of the same name where a lot of like-minded chiropractors are workshopping ideas and making sure that we have this continual advancement of marketing, business, mindset, and just growth of your practice. So check us out, modernchiropracticmarketing.com and the Facebook group of the same name.